Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome everybody to our podcast today. It's all about matchmaking. The do's, the don'ts, the myths, the truths. <laughs> Julianne Cantarella is going to spill them all for us today. So listen close. Don't make a mistake. Um, Jessica, I know, has a little bit of recent experience with matchmakers. So let's get right to it. Welcome, Thanks for Julianne. coming back, Kid Julianne. Nice, so nice to see you again. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I want to start out with just, first of all, I'm curious as to, um, I love the idea that with matchmaking services, oftentimes, you know, one side is like the paying client and then there's a pool of people. Mm-hmm. What I've found fascinating so far as part of the pool is that when I get there, it turns out most of the times the men haven't seen or heard anything about me either. They oftentimes haven't seen a picture. They don't have like tons of identifying information about me. Yeah. And I'm just curious as to like, what is the method behind the madness of it's truly a blind date? Okay. So I will share, and I love to be transparent. Um, I kind of work that way, but not really. So most matchmakers don't show photos. And the reason why is because they've gone through painstaking vetting, typically. That's what's supposed to happen. I know I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so historically, um, when I first started in in the industry back in 2005, I started a small matchmaking company in Manhattan. And what was happening is we were going through the process of vetting everybody, sitting down with them, finding out about them, writing up a profile, really seeing if they're a match for our clients. And then we present the photo with the written profile and sit down with the client and tell them about it, about their introduction. And they were turning one introduction down after another because they didn't, they weren't like, they were like, this is good, but I'm sure you can do something better. And it was just like, oh, come on, man. So we went back to the drawing board and we basically said, all right, let's still do the vetting, obviously. Let's still write up the profile, but let's take the picture out of it and see what happens. So people were game and they were open to um, meeting without seeing a photo, but having the information provided to them. And then we were having one success, you know, happen kind of more regularly, really. Um, And so when I opened up my own business back in 2009, I didn't reinvent the wheel. I went with what worked and basically still, I don't show photos. However, I do meet with every single solitary person I am going to vet for my client. I spend anywhere from two to two and a half hours with them and really get a sense of who they are. Um, I think I spoke before about goals, values. That's my starting point. Um, Of course, I take into consideration, like if a man comes to me and says, I really want a woman with a Mediterranean look, dark hair, dark eyes, you know, I'm going to set out to find someone who meets that that qualification. Um, But, you know, if I come across a woman who's blonde hair, blue eyed, and, and really, I feel could potentially check off all the other boxes, then you know, I'll go back to the client and say, listen, I know you're more drawn to someone who's a Mediterranean look, but let's talk about, is that something that, you know, is a hard and fast 
you know, deal breaker. Um, right. And then we'll talk about that. But it's really a goals values perspective. And I really like to make sure the client, um, you know, I meet with everybody. And, and I've historically met with upwards of 15, 16 women before I make a first introduction. Then I have to go back to the drawing board to make subsequent introductions introduction. Right. So there's a lot in, invested. That's a personal matchmaker. That's not a dating services model. Just let you know there is a huge right. difference. Yeah. Right. So I understand the idea of not showing pictures, particularly to the person in the pool beforehand, because you want people to be open-minded. And I feel like from personal experience, even in the past of dating, Oftentimes, A, someone may not be that, despite the fact that it might be professional pictures, not everybody's photogenic. Oftentimes mm -hmm. people look, are much cuter in person than they do in their pictures. And then okay. I have, have had relationships in the past where um, the personality was everything. So yeah. I understand the need to be open-minded when you're working with a matchmaker because it really is more personality driven as it should be. Um, but I'm curious, like, what are the, if you had to say what the top three things are that you're looking at when you are helping people to find a match, I, you know, obviously aesthetics is not entirely what it is. So is it energy level? Is it, um, you know, their common interests? I mean, like, I'm curious to know what, what the things are that you're looking at that make you say this person could be a match. It's different for each person. I, I can't say that I'm looking for the same three things for any one person. It's so different for each person. You know, I may have someone who comes to me and says to me, you know, I really need someone who can be bi-coastal. You know, that's first and foremost, you know, like that you don't okay. even, you can't even imagine what I've had to look for, for clients. I mean, you just don't know. It, it, it doesn't, it's not like they have to be good looking. They have to be, it's, it goes, it, it, it's some things you wouldn't even imagine. So it looks like it's a headache. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's not the signaling that somehow. So what, <laughs> what, are, the, what are the myths? Why is, why is matchmaking a headache? Because it's so individualized? Because people's expectations aren't in check? Like, what is it? Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> people's expectations. I have been doing this for 15 years and... Um, I'm, I've now really am at a point where I really only take on a few people at a time and they have to really be someone who I want to represent. I basically tell you people will come to you and think I'm paying you. So you're going to cobble someone out of the air for me. And it's just like, and I have sat down with people. I mean, I know my client. I sit down with them. I spend time with them. And I am like, okay, at the end of the meeting, I've walked away going, okay, I really think I understand my client. I really get it. I know where I'm going. And then like, uh, I had I, I had a situation where I seriously was like, that's it. I'm just doing date coaching where, where I'll share with you, this man came to me and on a scale of one to 10, he was probably a five, but he was a really nice person. So I sat with him. I really spent time with him. I thought, you know, I really got a sense and I actually set him up with a 10 and he called me the next day and was like, I've never been so disappointed in my life. And I almost fell off my chair. I was like, so what made that person a 10 that he didn't see her as a 10? It wasn't her. It was him. 
it was him. It was his unrealistic expectation of what he deserved, who he could get. And I was just like, I'm, I'm, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm think I'm done here <laughs> because it blew me away. And she, not only was she, a, she was just a lovely, warm, engaging, smart woman. She was also attractive. So I was like, and, and I'm pretty good. I, I, I'm, when it comes to what men find attractive and especially my clients, like I really try and get, I tell them, bring photos with you so I can get a sense of the direction I need to go in. And I was just blown away. And it's just an unrealistic expectation. What was he expecting? Someone prettier, someone with a better personality? Or he, like, he felt like or he was worried because he was like, she's not going to like me because she's out of my league. No, no, I wish. No, that's not what was happening there. It was, he thought by paying money, he was going to end up with, I don't know. I don't even know today. Someone magnificently gorgeous. Uh, 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 and he just, I, he just wasn't, his expectation wasn't aligned with reality. Okay. Basically it's what happened. So it sounds like through matchmaking, it's almost like they give you a mold mm -hmm. and they want you to fill it. Absolutely. But date coaching, you're working on the person and nurturing yes. a relationship as well as personal growth. It sounds so much healthier. You can't, oh, I mean- in my mind, in my past experience, chemistry is also just so critical. Like it could look like it's, it's all great, but if you don't have chemistry, right, it could be a zero. Right. And that's the one thing matchmakers can never guarantee. Let me tell you, I have a lot of, of matchmaking friends in the industry who do show photos and they'll tell the story of they've shown photos to each other. It was like, a, oh yeah, let's do this. And then they got on the date and there was zero chemistry. So you cannot tell chemistry from a photo. I always tell right. my date coaching clients that as well. Right. You know, it's, it's, you have to sit across from someone and really get a better sense of who they are as a person to see if there's chemistry. So yeah. how do you help people to manage their expectations? When they come to you, they're paying you, they want you, you are the expert and you're going to be able to, you know, find them someone who's going to fit what they're telling you that their priorities are. What are, what's the advice that you give to them in terms of being able to accept reality in this whole process? Right. Again, it depends on the person and how, how, um, open they are to the idea of some coaching and some processing through this. Most people who go for matchmaking are like, they think they are, you know, I've heard it a million times. God's I, gift. I, I, no, I've got it all together. I just need the right person and you're going to get that for me. And it's just like, that's not how that works. You know, you think you have it all together until you've gone through the dating process. And, and if you're not having success very often, you need to look at why am I not having success? There's something happening there. That's a block. That's not letting you find if that's if you've actually gone on dates and met a lot of people, there's something happening there. And the same when it comes to matchmaking, like I, I can, through the, the coach's job is to hold up the mirror so that they can see themselves. And through coaching, someone goes into coaching wanting to do that matchmaking they don't want to do that what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making or some of the most common blocks that you see out there um having unrealistic expectations 
really thinking that they want one thing when they really should be looking for somebody else. I think that's, mm. that's the number one. Um, or believing that there, there's scarcity, you know, a scarcity mindset. You know, there's not a, a there's no one good out there. You know, a, I'm never going to meet no someone. good women, they're, right? Or 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 good men, same thing. You know, they're, that they're not out there. That's a scarcity mindset. That's something that you really need to work on. To, it's a mind shift when it comes to that. Absolutely. There could be a million men, but there's only one right man for you. So it doesn't well, really matter you know how many men out there is the right man. Actually, there actually could be a couple of right men out there for you. Yeah. It's just you being open to it yeah. and really wanting it and, and, yeah. and letting go of the fear. There's a lot of fear around because when people are dating, they're putting themselves in a vulnerable state, right? Yeah. So you're feeling vulnerable, you're feeling exposed. And very often that's when the wall goes up. And you're not dating deliberately and you're not dating the right way. So is that why you're kind of shifting from matchmaking to date coaching? Because matchmaking is just, it just sounds like it's, I'm, I don't know, you know, I'm, I didn't go through a matchmaker for any, for any of my experiences, but it sounds like you're trying so hard to get a perfect match. And, and there are so many different things about matching people up that it's almost impossible to find a right match like that. And also you're only working with one side of the, the coin. Well, you've I got do. all these women lined up and they're, they seem like the right fit, but you're not coaching them either to make them both sides, you know, be at their best or whatever. Well, okay. So I, I do meet the women when I'm, when I'm making the introduction and I try to make sure they're as open-minded as possible. Uh, it's just a matter of really when they get there, it's the chemistry, it's the expectation, mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's so many facets to it. And like I said, uh, still doing matchmaking, it's a, it's, but date coaching is my passion and, and I love to see women transform. I love to see women create that healthy relationship. I, I get texts from, from clients who are like, I never thought that I would be, be cherished like this. I never thought that I would be loved like this. And it's after helping them, you know, drop that fear and, and shed that, those ideas so that they can open up and call in that right person. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better. There's really nothing yeah. better. I'm curious whether or not you think that in the past few years, um, that more people are open to the idea of matchmaking or less people are open to the idea of matchmaking? Um, I find more people are open to the idea of matchmaking because they think it's going to solve all of their problems. That's why they think, oh, if I hire someone, they're going to find that perfect person for me. And also and I, I would think because you're going to do the work. They don't have to work. Right. You're going to do right. the work. I'm going to sit back. Here's your money. Go on your way. I'll check off all the boxes. Uh, let's talk in two weeks. They don't have to work on anything. They just send you off as like their, their you know, messenger to, to get it done. So I would, I would think that's a big part of it. But I'm curious. I think people would want to know where are you finding the people? Okay. So um, they, more often than not, they find me. They Google. 
No, I'm sorry. I don't mean your customers. I mean, so I come to you as a customer and I say, okay, I, I, I'm interested in, in your matchmaking services. Right. I, I like where are you finding the men? So, okay. So I'm just going to tell you, I don't know if this is relevant or not, but I don't represent women for matchmaking. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm a man. Explain why. Oh, okay. Yes. That's a good question. Yeah. Explain actually. why. why? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so been in the industry for 15 years. Like I said, didn't reinvent the wheel. I know it works. Um, I belong to a think tank of other matchmakers. And every time a matchmaker takes on a woman as a client, it's like all heck breaks loose. They're like, do you have a, a match for my client? You know, they're willing to go because the men only come to a matchmaker when they want the work done, whereas they're less apt to sit in a Rolodex where women are more patient <laughs> and are willing to sit in a Rolodex and wait for an introduction. Um, I'll share with you and I'll share with your listeners, don't ever pay to sit in a Rolodex. There are matchmakers out there who do charge. Most of us don't because they don't, integrity, um, I don't want to charge someone for a service they may not receive. You know, I work with a small pool of men. I'm not going to take someone's money and say, oh, you know, you're going to have an introduction if in fact, I don't know if they are. So I don't, so, and I think it's great. I would tell anybody to join a matchmaker's um, Rolodex database, whatever they want to call it, because you never know, there may be an opportunity for you to have an introduction. So when the men come to you as your clients, where right. are you finding the women that they weren't so able I, to find on their own? Right. So women find me, right? Oh, because okay. they got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they're, yeah. so they're coming to you and they're saying, "I'd like to be part of your Rolodex pool right. database." Right. I see. And they find okay. Me, like I do networking events. I they find me online. Uh, I write for several publications, like you name it, that's how they find me. Okay. So word of mouth, word of mouth. Yeah. I do have two women who recruit for me, who, if I can't go to a social situation or social events, they will go out on my behalf, but they don't, you know, it's just here, you know, New Jersey's matchmaker, you know, is there, why don't you give them a call? If someone was going to say to you, which do you, which would you recommend? matchmaking versus online dating apps, which way would you go? Well, I would actually recommend date coaching <laughs> through the, with the use of online dating. <laughs> okay. Versus, so, versus if they were going to come to you and they were going to pay for one of your services, either way, the date coaching and online dating versus the actual matchmaking, you would direct them to the online dating and, and date coaching. Most definitely. Why is I that? I know that sounds so crazy. No, it doesn't, because, but tell us why. Because there's so much magic that happens through coaching. There's just so much growth, so much awareness, and there's a greater chance of you actually finding someone because a matchmaker typically has a certain amount of matches that you'll have in a certain six month time, right? When you're online dating, your pool is tremendous. You sure. have the, the bandwidth is larger. You have a greater chance of meeting someone. Um, I'm curious to know, last question, (laughs) I'm curious to know if when you're helping someone with dating coaching and online dating, I have a few friends who have been online dating for kind of a while and haven't been successful with it. I mean, I think part of it sometimes is because people, you know, really want to be in a relationship and like that kind of energy in and of itself sometimes might be a little bit challenging, but at the same time, it might be that they are to what you had said, uh, 
previously in terms of breaking patterns, they might be going for the same guys every time. And that might not be the same, the right kind of guys. So I'm curious when you're doing the coaching and helping them with online dating, are you going into the apps and actually choosing the men for them? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked that question. So one of my credits is that over this 15 year period, really 10 for my own business, I have pulled 10 husbands and spouses out of the trash online. Isn't that awesome? Out of the trash? Um, uh-huh. You know, when you go in and you yes. put someone in the trash. Yes. I, I'm behind the scenes and I'll go in and I'll say, um, why did you pull this person out or wow. put them in the trash? Oh yeah, 10. I have 10 of those to my credit, which I'm extremely proud of. Of, okay. And several of them are, are testimonials on my website. So you're really picking, right, exactly. So you're really picking the people So You're not just coaching them of what to say to the people that they choose. You're helping them with their actual choices. I, like I said, from first date to soulmate, I do everything, okay. everything from okay. what do you think of this outfit before I go on a date to, to right. what do you say? What do you don't say? How do you respond? How are you interpreting someone's behavior or their communication? How do you change their communication? Like, like I tell women, here's a tip, I'll give it away. I want the men to call them. The woman shouldn't be calling the man. So very often I work with women and they're like, oh, he gave me my, my number, his number. I'm going to call them. I'm like, no, he should be courting you. Right. That's his job. Right. Your job is to be courted. And so it's shifting the mindset of also receiving and, and not taking over and not driving it. Let them do that. Let them pick the place. Let them call you. These are things that women aren't realizing that that shift it so that like a year and a half into the relationship when he's not, you know, towing the line, you're like, hmm, he was okay in the beginning. You set that precedent. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly Exactly. the word I use. Oh my God. I feel like this is like a whole nother conversation of kind of like things that women should know when it comes to the online dating stuff, because that's just an interesting thing in and of itself. Like I have friends who are like, they want to, they want to drive it in the beginning, the whole idea of like independent woman, whatever, versus I have other friends who are like much more traditional and they're like, I want to be wooed and I want all of that. So I would love to like, for us to do another conversation on that also. Um, Absolutely. This in general has just been so much great information. Thank you so much for sharing it with the the whole ex-experts community. For anyone out there who is interested in matchmaking and who wants to talk to you more one-on-one about that and your services, what are the best ways for them to reach you? They can Google me at juliannepantarella.com and just reach out to me. You can call me, you can email me. I'm there. Okay. And we're going to have all of Julianne's information on our site as well. So you can click right through. So we definitely want to have you back again. Thank you so much for the time, Julianne. It was great seeing you again. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember, there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook. 
and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.